The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I am your host, and I want to thank you for listening with us today. I am very glad that you have joined us, and I want to thank you for being a part of the Spirit of Recovery community, for listening, and for allowing yourself to be inspired, to allow your heart to be touched and your mind to be opened, and your recovery and your spirituality walk to be deepened by what you hear here. And uh, so I'm very glad that you're listening, and I want to thank you also for posting on our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page for liking that page and for uh, also letting people in your recovery community, your spiritual communities, your unity community, your friends, your family, everybody, letting them know here about Spirit of Recovery and spreading the word because we do wonderful things here. We have great guests that are down to earth, that are knowledgeable, that are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, or sometimes all of the above, and I know that what they're doing is making a difference uh, in your life, and so it's just a joy and a privilege to be able to bring this to you. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and um, our guests, again, are always people who have lots and lots to share from their own depths of their own heart and their own soul. They're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live, of course, via your computer, via your smartphone, via your tablet. You can also uh, listen by going to Stitcher.com and downloading their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. Also, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can um, utilize that and you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio and you can listen that way. Also, we've got lots of great podcasts that you can listen to um, at your own leisure. You can uh, go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and you can uh, find lots and lots of great podcasts on there to listen on demand. Also, you can listen via iTunes. So um, just lots of ways that you can access spirit of recovery right here on unityonlineradio.org. Also, I want you to really know that Spirit of Recovery is a very welcoming place, so everybody's welcome. If you're in recovery from uh, any kind of an addiction, or if you're the friend or family member of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, uh, perhaps as a friend or family member, you may be in your own recovery as a friend, as a family member, because there is recovery for friends and family members as well. Or perhaps you're just somebody that's curious about the process of recovery or just um, interested in this uh, viewpoint on spiritual. Whoever you are, I'm glad you're here, glad you're listening. You're welcome to participate. If you've got a comment or a question, you can email or call in, and uh, we'd be happy to have our guests um, relate to that on the topic of the day. So I just want you to know that you're very, very welcome here. Also, I want you to know that if you like what's happening on Spirit of Recovery and the many other wonderful programs on UnityOnlineRadio.org, and if you would like to financially support this nonprofit radio station, you can do that. You can simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one-time or an ongoing contribution. 
Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an addictions counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 35 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and my walk continues to be an integration of recovery principles, unity principles, and it just really has enriched my life and changed it, just set it on a different course, and I am so grateful for that. So I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you wonderful guests and to know that what you're hearing here is making a difference for you in your life. Today we've got a holiday program because it's holiday time and so um, we're going to be sharing some ideas today about what can we do to help those holiday uh, blues stay away or at least uh, face them and deal with them so that we can find that inner light for the holidays. That's our topic today, inner light for the holidays. And you know, um, the winter holidays and there are a variety of them, uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Diwali, um, Kwanzaa, there are many times, many ways that we celebrate these winter holidays and they, in one way or another, all celebration of light because we know that in the winter time we're in that time of the greatest length of darkness in our natural world. And so the winter holidays are really an invitation and all spiritual paths have honored this, you know, throughout the ages. The winter holidays are an invitation to find that light that's inside of us, to affirm that and let that light glow and really stoke that hope that good is coming, that good is here, and that just because it's dark outside, it doesn't mean that it's dark on the inside. So, you know, um, at this time of the holidays, we don't have to get caught up in the shopping frenzy or emotionally charged memories or family tensions or gloomy weather. They might touch us, but we don't have to get lost in them. What we can do is keep our focus on our spiritual program, on self-care, and on supportive connections that nourish and turn up the love light inside of us. So my guest today has got a lot of good uh, stuff to share about that. My guest is Lonnie Vanderslice, and Bonnie, Lonnie has been my guest before here on Spirit of Recovery. She is a unity minister, and she's also a person that's in long-term recovery. Lonnie is the senior minister at Unity of Spirit, and she brings together the spiritual principles of recovery and unity, and she has a lot of experience with that. She's got a real commitment to recovery principles and to unity wisdom and to practicing that certainly in her own life and and also a big commitment to radiating that in the light uh, in the lives of other people. She is, um, in addition to being a unity minister, she also is the co-owner and the vice president of a very interesting business. It's called Weave Got You Covered, and Weave is W-E-A-V-E, and it is a, a business that creates um, window coverings and wonderful, elegant um, decor for um, homes and she, it's a, it's beyond that. That's wonderful in itself, but it's beyond that because she and her co-owner, uh, employ people, women that are in, uh, the process of rebuilding their lives. And so that's also a wonderful part of her ministry. So you can learn more about Lonnie and her work if you go to www.unityofspirit.org. And also you can, uh, find her if you look up We've Got You Covered. W-E-A-V-E, and you can find lots of good information about her. So, Lonnie, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Well, thank you, Anna. I'm really delighted to be back. Have another opportunity to visit with you. Good. Well, yeah, thanks for being here because I know, again, that you've got lots of experience in many ways. You've created... um, uh, uh, for a period of time there, you had a special service for people in recovery at a, at a Unity Church. And again, you've got your ministry through Unity of Spirit for uh, all people, but I think targeting especially or really being receptive to people in recovery and helping them deepen their recovery. And also, of course, um, the work that you do with We've Got You Covered. So I know that you know a lot about recovery and uh, sharing that with people and a lot about what we can do for the holidays. Because we know sometimes uh, people in recovery kind of have a love-hate relationship with the holidays. What do you think that's about? Why is that? 
Well, I think that that is, um, that is the place where the light and the dark come together because, um, you know, many people in recovery have the specter of holidays past that meet them today when they are moving forward in their lives. And so they have the memories and the thoughts and the, the um, pain from the past reminding them of things that used to be while they are trying to move through that and into a new way of being and trying to live their program, whatever that might be, and to display uh, love and light and joy in their lives, and yet there's a lot of fear. So I think it's a collision of hope and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting way way to put that. What so so as you say, people can get kind of caught up in old memories of of stuff that maybe happened before. And that obviously the fear uh, can come out of that. What do you think um, the the hopes are that recovering people might be might have about holidays and how that collides with those fears? Well, I think that. Uh, one of the things we talk about in unity is the 12 powers. And I think it's the power of imagination um, active. And it feeds both hope and fears. And I think the hope is that that life can be different, that this doesn't have to be the same kind of a holiday as in the past, that I can make a different life for my children, for my family, for my, my friends. And yet, at the same time, the overbearing fears uh, because most of the people that I work with are fairly new in recovery, and they are in the process. They have not yet worked through all of the, the things that perhaps family members or situations or circumstances might remind them of. And um, you know, depending on where they are in that process, they fear of a repeat. You know, many times they go to a family member or to a, a, a group of individuals who are invited to a holiday party and their imagination brings hope. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can have this this love and companionship in my life. And they get there and somebody is still using or somebody reminds them, yeah, I remember last year when you were here and you did this. And it it's a crushing blow to their, um, to their, their newly born hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's sort of like maybe almost a feeling of, wow, I'm trying to move on here but somehow I keep getting dragged back into to how it was absolutely absolutely and mm-hmm. you know haunted by memories um, would be a way to explain that and that's where um, our work begins I think because uh-huh. there are things that um, come up in a daily walk that we have memories about and one of the things that I have noticed and that I work on myself is that I have to use uh, a major tool that I use is denials and affirmations. I have to remind myself that that may be the way I felt then, that may be have been the facts of the circumstances or the situation, but it is not today. It is not who I am today. It is not who I'm trying to be today, and that I have tools that can help me today make a better life. And um, and then whatever the appropriate affirmation is, is I use that or I teach that to the person that I'm working with in a way that they can build a mantra, if you will. That's not who I am today. Today I am practicing love and light and I'll do the next right thing, for example, mm-hmm. might be one. I keep them pretty simple. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because we have, we have to be able to remember it in a time of stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, give us an example then, Lonnie, like let's say that um, as you kind of what you said before, like uh, a holiday party is coming up or you're going to go see the family and we know that there can be tensions in a family. So how would you help somebody prepare to go to the family holiday party? Well, there are several ways. The first is um, somebody will mention that they're doing this and I listen carefully to the fears that are expressed uh, because in that expression I learn a lot like they have a, a sister that is still out there that they have a very hard time letting go of yet that is a stumbling block for them or I hear that 
uh, their parents are separated, but yet they're both going to be in the same space, and perhaps there is discord and disharmony and maybe even um, verbal violence. And so we talk through what does this look like, you know, and, and what, are, what are your concerns around it? And when, when I learn what those things are, then together we talk about some coping skills. For example, um, the populations that I work with have challenges with resources. They have challenges with, with transportation. They have challenges with a lot of things. And so when I find what their challenges are, we may talk about specific um, preparation, for example, things they might say to their family ahead of time, things they might do themselves, perhaps some reading and readings in some literature. Um, you know, we, we uh, reinforce their own personal practices. Are they, are they saying their prayers? Are they practicing their gratitude lists? Are they reaching out to other people so they have active connections upon which to lean if they find themselves in a tight spot that they, that they just need to talk to somebody? And so we start working on it as soon as those fears come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as far as at the party, because many of the people I work with have family members that are still in active addiction, we talk about coping skills. We talk about the um, we talk about having your own transportation so you're not stuck somewhere. We talk about having a friend on call for backup if they might need a ride. If they may not have a car, but they may need to call somebody and say, hey, come get me. We talk about giving yourself permission to leave a situation that is no longer safe for you to be in. Um, we talk about fixing your own drinks and not letting somebody else hand you one that's been previously prepared. Um, you know, there, there are a number of things like that that are practical, uh, practical things that can be done to tip the odds. And that seems to help with the comfort level. Yeah, that's really good. It's almost like, um, it, I mean, such wow, what great recovery skills and stuff. It's like self care, and it's saying I'm worth it to take time to create a, a safety for myself, even before I go into this situation. I, I as you say, it, it probably makes people feel more stable, more like me and my higher power and in, in charge of this. I'm not just sort of being blown around by the winds around me. Right. And because there's always a power dynamic in a family, part, mm-hmm. of, part of the most difficult thing I have seen is that um, when somebody steps back into a situation like that, they tend to revert to the old power dynamic, they, which is difficult in early recovery to find the courage to stand up to somebody that, um, you know, has been a, a power in your life, you know, one way or another to say, no, this is not okay with me. and Sometimes it's not safe to do that in a in a verbal way. Maybe they just need to leave. And so, you know, we we talk through a lot of things. And you mentioned self care. Self care is absolutely essential um, to not just a recovery program, but in my my belief, to anybody. I find for myself that I am a lot less stable emotionally if I don't have enough sleep. If I have been eating wrong, like in not enough, uh, not regularly, not, you know, too much sugar. In this season, it's really easy to get too much sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm not getting any fresh air and I'm holed up in the house, uh, you know, with those kind of activities and work and things like that. For me, the key word is balance. And self-care is the foundation of having balance in my life. And I, and I teach that to those that I work with. Mm-hmm. That's really a good point. You know, as you say, uh, in this season of these winter holidays, it can be so busy. There's many additional activities to do if, if people have children. There's so children may be involved in extra activities. People feel oftentimes, you know, okay, I got to go shopping. So both the time that it takes plus spending money. So there's a lot of pressures to do more. Got to go, still got to go to work. How do you help people cope with that kind of frenzy? You're saying, yeah, balance is so important. How do you help them go, okay, yeah, lots on my plate. What am I going to do with it? Well, one of the things that we have done, in particular with the women that we we have employed, 
um, is we sit down with them before the holiday season starts. Actually, we sit down with them at least quarterly with a planner. We provide a planner for them. And mm-hmm. we help them organize their schedules. Many of the people that we work with have been homeless or are in multi-generational addiction and poverty, and they um, their, their survival skills are well honed, but they have not had the opportunity to develop their uh, executive function skills in terms of planning and organizing in the same way, and that haven't had that modeled at home. It's always shoot from the hip, what am I going to do next here, this will work, and it may or may not be very skillful in the way that they adjust to things. And so we sit down with them quarterly and we help them walk through their life. Most of these people are single parents, two or more children. Um, as I mentioned before, challenged both economically, transportation, um, social circles, etc. And so we walk through and say, what is the most important thing to you? Well, right now I've got to focus on school and work and my family and all of these activities that are required of me. Okay, great. Which is the biggest chunk of time? And we help them schedule their calendars. And we help them find the holes. You know, okay, do you have child care clear through the end of the year? And this look will come on somebody's face and say, oh, my gosh, I forgot. We're off two weeks between here and here. How am I going to work when my kids are out of school? And there's no other parent to to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So we, we talk through each of those situations, which, of course, are different individual by individual, and craft a plan that, not that it's not my plan, it's their plan um, as to what is important to them and what they have on their plate. They have therapy appointments, they've got meetings, they've got mentoring circles, they have um, other obligations, they have the child care issues, they have the child's school program pieces, all of it complicated by their life circumstances where, you know, with, they may not have transportation except for buses and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's fabulous. You know, and uh, I know as you're saying, the folks that you're working with have these uh, outer challenges, and yet the skills that you're talking about are skills that everybody needs, and a lot of times, no matter what somebody's outer economic circumstances are, if they've been in active addiction or, or family members, you know, involved with people in their family, they're in active addiction, in a lot of ways, those same skills have gone out the window. So they apply to really, I think, everybody uh, needing to, to employ those, you know. It's it's Absolutely. kind of amazing, yeah, how addiction well, you know, works. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Yes, Well, one of the things that comes to mind is um, when I am off balance, it's because I have uh, let some of those things go. And that's uh, an indication. How do I know that my life is becoming unmanageable? I didn't get the trash out on Monday morning. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's out of my regular schedule. Something's starting to come apart. I'm not eating at mealtime anymore. It's two hours after. I'm not getting to bed on time. I'm not sleeping through the night. My symptoms often start with noticing something in the physical, you know, that that, uh, is is going wrong now, that's not going the way that I like it to or that it normally does. And then that gives me time, you know, that's that's my yellow flag that says, whoa, you better, like, take an assessment here. What's what's going on? Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I find that uh, perhaps I have let up on my spiritual program of recovery. I've not given it as much attention. I have been putting priorities somewhere else. Um, you know, and, and then it doesn't matter what's on my calendar. I can't make it work if I don't have the foundational pieces in place. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So, uh, you know, I think uh, for me, I, I really am relating to what you're saying. It's uh, that probably each one of us needs to think a bit about what are my what's my yellow flag? When, when am I seeing? Uh oh, you know, it's kind of spin, spinning out of control here. Right, and that's exactly where it touches the unity principles. Because, yeah, tell us um, about that. You know, that's well because that's where I everybody I talk to, every individual person I talk to has a different yellow flag thought. Their error thinking does not necessarily mirror my error thinking. So I can't tell them what their yellow flag is going to be. But in the course of a conversation, if, I, um, if we're discussing 
anything, actually. And they say, well, and then I was thinking such and so. You know, I'll say, we'll say more about that. And, they'll, and then we can talk about the logic of it. We'll talk about, is that working for you? We'll talk about, could that be a symptom that perhaps it's, you need to stop right there and assess and do something different? And it varies by individual. Mm-hmm. But, identi- but identifying the yellow flag for the individual, for yourself, is, I believe, critical in the process. Um, and, and I am always surprised, and I can't bring to mind one right now, but I am always surprised at what comes up as somebody's yellow flag. Um, just like me missing the trash. I can remember when I would miss having the trash out, what angst that would give me. <laughs> at first it was because it meant I wasn't doing it right. But then later uh-huh. it was it, I became aware that, oh, it's because I'm slipping somewhere. I'm not attentive to something. And for me, it works backwards. I get this uh-huh. outer indicator, and then I have to look for the inner indicator, and then I have to look for the spiritual practice that will help, help solve that. And it's almost always related to what I call an old idea. There's a line in, a, in one of the uh, recovery literature books that talks about uh, old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Every time I have a point of pain show up in my life, it is because I'm holding on to an old idea of some kind. And so my recovery path has been driven by uh, what's the idea, which is what's the error thought mm-hmm. in, in unity thinking? What's the error thought? What is the belief system under this error thought that's mm-hmm. causing me to hold on to this piece of pain? Could you give us an example of, of what would be a, like an error thought or an old idea that did be, you'd be holding on to that would cause pain or that somebody would be holding on to? Well, let's use the holiday party example. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've been invited to the family holiday party, and it falls at a time where there's a conflict for me. My, my recovery community is having an event, for example. Oh, I should go to where my family is, I, or I have to go to where my family is. I can't say no to my family. All of those are error thoughts in my book. Those are all mm-hmm. thoughts that need to be reassessed because they're all based on conditioning and history. They're not based on how am I right now? Am I spiritually fit to be around my family? Do I have sufficient recovery tools in my tool belt to be able to cope with this? Um, you know, what is, what is it that I need to do? The belief is I can't say no to my family because under that is the belief that they won't love me if I do. And mm-hmm. underneath that mm-hmm. is the belief that if they don't love me, I am not worthy. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And so when I step backwards through that with myself, my own thinking, or with somebody else, we usually find, I find something is buried there that I've been running on autopilot. And that's the error thought that mm-hmm. I need to work on with my spiritual practice. Right, so you surface it, and then what do you do? You take it to prayer, take it to a recovery friend or a counselor, or what do you do? I'm sure there are a lot of ways to work with it, but... I'd say all of the above. (laughs) You know, by this time, I know (laughs) (laughs) a lot of tools, (laughs) and it kind of depends on my level of pain, because an awful lot of the time, if I try to solve it myself, oh, I'll just pray about it. Uh You know, I'll just take it into meditation or what have you. I don't get my own answer uh-huh. because I have I've, I have tapped into the the rut that has been you know to the neural pathways that have been built for years and years and years and I need something to jog me out of those neural pathways and into a new way of thinking and so for me what that looks like is is saying it out loud to somebody talking with somebody it can be a friend it can be a partner it can be a sponsor uh-huh. it can be a mentor it can be a pastor it can be a counselor or a therapist but the, but verbalizing it makes me hear it in a different way and it gives opportunity to open my mind to yet a different way of thinking about something many of the people that mm-hmm. i would talk to would right. say oh well i haven't That's thought fabulous. about that but what about this you know, because awareness is, for me, is not mm-hmm. a lot of help mm-hmm. unless I can follow it with something. You know, I, I have learned about myself and many people that have been the same path as I that action has to follow the awareness. Um, 
I can, I can be aware all I want to about these situations and these circumstances and even talk about it, and that is a piece of the action. But my, my path has been one of two ways. It's either been into the gloom and depression because it seems like there's no way out. In other words, I've lost hope. Or if I'm taking action, then I have mm-hmm. hope that this, t- this time it can be different. This way will open a way. This will provide a new way of thinking about it. This will give me some, another path to follow. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, recovery truly is, is about action, awareness, action, and, you know, awareness, acceptance, and action moving forward. It's time for our break. Thank you, Lonnie. What you're sharing with us is very, very helpful, very powerful to, uh, support well-being through the holidays. So, um, listeners, stay with us. Our topic today is Inner Light for the Holidays. My guest is Lonnie Vanderslice. She is a Unity Minister and also a person in long-term recovery. She's the Senior Minister of Unity of Spirit, which brings together the spiritual principles of recovery and unity. And she's also the co-owner and vice president of We've Got You Covered. And um, you can learn more about Lonnie and her work at www.unityofspirit.org. And that organization also has a Facebook page page so you can find her there stay with us we'll be right back on spirit of recovery unity online radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics giving to the network is now easier than ever simply text unity radio to 72727 from your smartphone you can make a one-time or recurring donation Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. If every day were Christmas, how different life would be. If not one day, but all the year were ruled by charity. Had we the faith in miracles a child has Christmas morn, each day would be love's manger, and Christ would be reborn in us again to change and heal our outworn wars and ways. Had we a child's or shepherd's gift for wonderment and praise. Yet every day is Christmas when we've learned to live by love's law, learn not how to get, but only how to give. And like a child can wonder, and like a child can pray, but have the grown-up wisdom to give ourselves away. James Dillard Freeman expressed the joy, love, and faith of children on Christmas morning in his poem, If Every Day Were Christmas. We invite you to feel the same childish wonder in your heart this Christmas with our page at unity.org slash Christmas. Celebrate the season with unity. Listening to World Spirituality with host Reverend Paul John Roach. To learn more about Reverend Paul John Roach, visit his website, pauljohnroach.com. Or if you have questions, email him at pauljohnroach at yahoo.com. We now return to World Spirituality. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery, and if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your host. Our topic today is inner light for the 
uh, holidays, Interlight for the Holidays, and my guest is Lonnie Vanderslice. Lonnie is uh, an ordained unity minister and also a person in long-term recovery, and she is the senior minister at Unity of Spirit, which brings together the spiritual principles of recovery and unity, and you can learn more about her at Unity of Spirit, unityofspirit.org. Um, before I get back to my conversation with Lonnie about Inner Light for the Holidays, I invite you to join me for a brief moment of meditation. I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute to share a constructive idea and then just a moment in the quiet. So I invite you to relax, to feel that presence and power, that love that is your higher power. As you become aware of your breath and as you allow yourself to relax... Feeling relaxation moving from the crown of your head all the way through your face and neck and arms and hands. And feel that relaxation as it moves through the trunk of your body temple and all the way through your legs and feet. And allow your breath to be regular and full and rich. And share with me this constructive idea. Grounded in my higher powers, love for me. My life is in balance. Grounded in my higher power's love for me. My life is in balance. And now we take a moment in the quiet. that that was an opportunity for you to relax, to breathe, and to let your heart and mind open up to that love and power that is your higher power as you understand it and know that you are indeed living in love and in balance. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Lonnie Vanderslice, and we're talking about inner light for the holidays. So, Lonnie, before the um, break here, you were giving us truly wonderful Ideas, tips, inspiration, hope, actions for uh, keeping balanced in the holidays. And uh, we're talking a lot really about the tensions and the frenzies and stuff. Sometimes, however, what happens is almost the opposite, is sometimes uh, people find themselves uh, with what feels like not enough in the holidays. Maybe they're not connected to their families or maybe they don't feel connected to friends or and that a feeling of the blues or depression or um, I'm all alone kind of overcomes them. So how do we deal with that? What what are some ideas and some actions and awarenesses? Well, I think it depends on two things. I think it depends on the individual. Um, you know, I, like a lot of people, am an introvert. And so when I have centered on I'm all alone and I'm sliding into depression, it's often um, because I have become overwhelmed. And I've become overwhelmed with this frenzy that you've talked about. But then my tendency is to isolate. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of bouncing between all or none. And that doesn't work for me. You know, I, I have to have some balance. And for me, in a time like that, it means that I need some structure. And so... I, if I'm attached, depending on the communities that I'm attached to, the safe, supportive, nurturing, recovering communities that I'm engaged with, um, I try to make sure that I have boundaries, that I make choices about what I will participate in and what I won't. I have to do a lot of um, what we talked about earlier. I have to do a lot of self-reflection about why am I going to this? And I found for me a lot of it was because I felt like if I might be left out. I don't want to be left out. Why? Well, because if I'm left out, then I'm not important. Why? Well, if I'm not important, then I'm a nobody. 
And I had to look at some of those things and give myself permission to have time alone. Then the pendulum swung the other way, and I'm alone too much. And mm-hmm. so then I had to give myself, I had to sometimes rather commit myself to attending one event a week or one event every other day or making a, an extra phone call, some way to stay out of my head and out of my own isolation. And I think there's a difference between being alone and isolating. Uh, isolation is dangerous. Being alone for me is nurturing. And mm-hmm. over the time that I've been around, I have learned that it's part of my self-care to allow myself that time to be alone. But it's not you know, it's also part of self-care to say, you know what, I'm at the edge of this. I better be reaching out and I better be becoming engaged. And so, How can you tell the, the difference earlier, between isolation um, and um, alone? And aloneness? Healthy alone. Uh-huh. It, it is tied to my emotional uh, expression. When I find my thoughts in blame or self-pity, That's isolation. Well, they didn't invite me to the party. Well, it's their fault because I don't have a ride um, for me. You know, that's Mm -hmm. when I'm operating, when my error thought is centered in those kind of thoughts, I know that I need to be reaching out. I have uh, learned about myself that there are certain words that are trigger words. Hmm. And when I come across those trigger words, one of the words is because. It's a word that's used for justification and rationalization. It's a a word that keeps me out of my responsibility for my own recovery. And when I start saying things in my mind and that because this or this or that, then I know that I'm I'm dangerously close to the edge of that isolation, that I need to work on that and that so I don't have to actually act out and feel bad anymore I get to a place where I can say oh you know what this is my thinking pattern I've identified this thinking pattern in the past as being one that caused me trouble you know that's it's not because of anything I'm choosing to be where I am and I can make a different choice when I want to and I pull in the tools that I have to do that Mm -hmm. well yeah that's good you know, uh, we've we've uh, been thinking a lot about, as we say, the tensions and the blues and so forth. Also, obviously, the holidays are are wonderful. I mean, almost everybody, to some degree at least, looks forward to them, and there's a lot in them that's enriching. So, <clears throat> in addition to dealing with these things of you know the stresses and such, what can we do as people uh, in recovery to just love the richness and and engage in the richness that are these winter holidays. And again, we may celebrate different ones. Maybe we celebrate more than one, whatever they are. But how can we really engage the richness of these days? I think that's a really good question. I can remember that I overwhelmed myself by trying to do it all um, because I was so desperate to have fun that I wanted to Anything that sounded like fun, I wanted to go go try and do. And I exhausted myself physically, emotionally, and mentally in in trying to keep that pace. And so one of the things that I think um, was helpful for me is to identify what do I like, what nurtures me, and then to be selective about the choices that I make about engaging. I happen to find meditation very nurturing for me as opposed to other kinds of um, more frenzied activities. I don't particularly like the shopping, for example. And so if I have an opportunity to either go shopping or go to a noon uh, Buddhist meditation someplace, I probably choose the meditation. And it may be a special one because it's a different perspective. It may not be what I normally do, but I make choices around the different activities. You know, living in Kansas City, I have a, a grand opportunity to engage in all kinds of things. And, uh, and so do the people that I work with. And so identifying, you know, there's a, there's a recovery uh, thought that says, be true to yourself. I, I, uh, I find that I like different things than other people like. I might like driving around and looking at the Christmas lights. Other people think that's a nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so 
you know, what is it that I will give myself permission to experience? Mm-hmm. Again, it comes down to self-awareness I, for me. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, there's, 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 everything is not a uh, frenzied activity. There are lots of peaceful and uh, lower key kinds of activities and no cost activities that we can engage in that nurtures us. And so that's what I look for is what do I consider fun and nurturing and then make choices around that. Right. Yeah, that's good. You know, when you're talking, um, what I'm, of course, hearing about is choice. I'm hearing you say that in many different ways over and over. Tell us more about choice in recovery. Why is that such an important recovery action? Well, many of us grew up in environments where we felt like we did not have a choice. Can you tell us some about choice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Choice has to do with options. And and it has to do, for me, it has to do with being able to identify Mm -hmm. options. Many times in my life, I did not know that there were other options. I grew up with a particular mindset, with a particular um, viewpoint, worldview, if you will, and was not aware of other uh, other options in the world. And it's like uh, going through a buffet and they only have fried chicken and I don't like fried chicken. You know, um, nothing to eat, nothing to eat. Well, there's a lot of things to eat, but I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. And so becoming aware that there are other options. I spent a long time in recovery going, well, that's not working for me. That's not working for me. That doesn't work for me. Because I didn't know what the other options were be. I was not probably open-minded enough yet to entertain other options due to old belief systems. And so for me, choice is about, you know, of course, it's one of the, the 12 powers, the unity powers, and it's about being able to use wisdom to decide between one thing versus another. Before I can decide, I have to know I have a choice, and then I have to be willing and have the courage to exercise that choice. Um, And so a lot, I believe a lot of recovery is about choices. When we are under the influence, operating under our addiction, where the, the disease model says we have no choice. Once we place this in our body, we have no choice. Um, you know, some kinds of mental illness, we have no choice if, we're, if we suffer from that. However, we, we learn from our, um, all those people I mentioned before that we might talk to about the things that concern us, we learn that there are other options. Uh, it's in God's infinite world, there's more than one way to think about things. And for me, it was becoming aware of these other ways of looking at the world and looking at the choices I was given. And then it came down to something I was told one time by one of my mentors. And she said, Lonnie, you have choices. You just don't like them. And that, in fact, opened my eyes because I had been refusing to Hmm. um, entertain certain options. You know, and, and to the holiday thing, one of the options is, I don't have to go to this event. It had never entered my mind that saying no was an option. And so then I get to look at that. Right. So it's the, um, yeah, that's wonderful. So, yeah, sometimes the options we have maybe aren't the options that we wish we had. But in a exactly. in a ma- amazing way, they're always uh, the right options, I think, or their or their higher powers opportunities. Yes, I think so. Yeah. S- mhm. Yes. So you know, so that's wonderful. Thank you for um, all that you're sharing about about this idea of options and choice and why it matters. Because I think it really is the key. To recovery and and the holidays are a great opportunity to uh, learn some more about those options and choices. So, talk to us a little bit, uh, some uh, if you would, Lonnie, about uh, how you use the unity principles in all of this to keep focusing on that inner light. Or uh, how would you say it? That's my term, inner light. What would you say about that? Find peace. <laughs> Find peace. Um, 
So one of the things that I think about mm-hmm. is what is truth? What is the truth of the matter? Um, we all have different circumstances, situations, uh, facts, if you will, of our lives that are colored by our worldview that set us up for where we are in life. And some of them were mm-hmm. not our choice. For example, um, where and to whom we were born. I know there's some schools of thought that would dispute that, but for practical purposes, we're here now. And this is what we have, so what are we going to do with it? And so when I find myself in a time of angst or working with somebody else that is in that situation, I have a choice. And one of my choices is to continue to tell the story and relive the story and relive the emotions of the story and be stuck in the story, which becomes self-affirming, or it is to turn my attention to something else. Now, one addiction can replace another easily. Um, you know, codependency, relationships, gambling, et cetera, et cetera. So just because I'm not using my substance of choice doesn't mean that I'm free from the threat of addiction. So my choice is, am I going to look outside of myself for this light, somebody or something else to bring me the light, or am I going to look within? And I have found for me that um, that's the first thing. Within every man, woman, and child is a fundamental idea of God. We have to look for it. And so if I make that choice initially, I've got to go look for it. It's there, but it's been obscured by all of this stuff we've been talking about. Um, then mm-hmm. my my, my uh, challenge becomes feeling connected to it and allowing it to guide me. And I have found in particular that external techniques like like the um, affirmations and denials, gratitude lists, talking to other people, things like that are helpful for turning that corner, for turning my attention to the inner light, feeling connected. But it's through prayer and meditation, particularly through meditation and a type of meditation that works for me, that I begin to feel connected to the light. And then when I can stay connected for longer periods of time, then I can allow the light to come through me because I'm not second-guessing myself all the time. I'm not second-guessing what I'm saying. I'm not second-guessing what I'm thinking. I'm not second-guessing what my next right action is. And that's when um, I am told people say things to me like, wow, you know, that's that was, you know, you're just glowing when you're saying that. And I know that it's because it's all working. All the connections are, you know, the, everything has to, for me, everything has to be connected up before the light shines. It's like a broken circuit otherwise. It doesn't quite shine as brightly as it could. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I focus, my one of my spiritual practices is focused primarily on meditation. And I, for years, um, worked on various types of meditation, and I continued to be lost in the technique of one versus another, I have learned for me uh, a variation of the heart math technique where I focus on my body, focus on my heart, and then engage my imagination in a positive direction like love, support, healing, faith, whatever it is that I'm feeling in need of. that that works for me. That puts me in a place where I feel connected. That puts me in a place of peace. It puts me in a place where I feel like I can actually be of assistance to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so it sounds like choose. it's all about that connection. It is for me. Uh-huh. And I have to choose to make that connection. I have to choose. It's like walking by somebody on the street that you know. I can choose to say hi and smile, or I can keep my eyes down and walk right on by. I have to choose to engage. It's not that, you know, God, my light, my inner being, whatever, went anywhere. It's I have let it become buried under all the daily activities and thoughts and emotions and attitudes and things. Mhm. Mhm. So again, I love that. It's back to that 
whole thing about am I choosing, you know, today uh, to do the next right thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's really the tricky yeah. part for me. Go ahead. Because as, as we work in recovery, our lives get more complex. And it's easy to start taking things for granted. And so um, making a choice, a conscious choice is what I call them, about what's next, you know, how, checking in. How am I feeling? How am I doing? How are things going? Um, am I good on the path I'm on or do I need to change course? You know, they tell a story about flying an airplane from L.A. to Hawaii, and it is not a smooth arc. It is uh, the, the pilot makes constant adjustments because they're off course this direction, then they're off course the other direction. So they're really zigzagging their way around the ideal path. And, and that's the way I kind of view my recovery is I, I don't get near as far away from the path as I used to. And then I make a course correction. And there are things that can throw us off course rather quickly. Um, you know, some pretty major life events. I call them emotional sideswipes. And when I get sideswiped, what I have learned is I need to stop and reassess mm-hmm. and then decide what my, instead of going forth on my predetermined uh, course of action, while I was doing this when I got sideswiped, I guess I better keep going. I, I have ceased doing that at this point because uh, it's almost never the right answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's great it's like um all right it's like kind of I, I keep thinking of that you know the slogan one day at a time take it one one step one moment at a time one step at a time and just keep doing the next right thing and keep making those choices as you're saying making those course corrections so mm-hmm. wow so um it's our time is at a, an end here but Lonnie, thank you so much. You have just filled us with inspiration and really powerful practices and um, your experience, strength, and hope and in your recovery and your ministry and also in how you work with other people. So I want to thank you so much for being my guest today and uh, appreciate all that you've shared with us. Well, it's my pleasure and it's my passion. And, and I'm delighted I know to that be here and- all of us are going to have... L- Yes. Well, thank you, and thanks for who you are and for the work that you do. And I know that truly all of us are going to have uh, brighter holidays because of what you've shared. So, um, listeners, blessed winter holidays to you, and have um, truly an experience of your own inner light because that light is so bright. So let yourself shine it because um, you're a light in this world. Have a wonderful uh, holiday season, and we'll see you next week on Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. 
We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.